Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Integrity in your position as a leader. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Each and every week, we have a conversation with Ron Price, author of, co-author of The Complete Leader and also co-author of his latest book, Growing Influence, a story of how to lead with character, expertise, and impact. The Complete Leader Podcast, each and every week, we dive into one of the 25 competencies of the complete leader, and we've been having a series of conversations around the idea of leadership, breaking it down into three areas. And if you haven't had a chance to listen yet, after you listen to today's conversation, I definitely recommend you go back and listen as we talk through this idea, number one, of integrity of character. Then we talk through the idea of integrity of expertise. Today, our focus is on integrity in position. Ron, great to be with you today. Would you give us a quick brief overview of our first two conversations around this idea of integrity of character and integrity in expertise? Thanks, Dale. It's always great to be with you. So when we think about, first of all, leadership, we're really talking about the extent to which you influence other people or the, the reason why other people might want to follow you. So we began by talking about the integrity of character because probably the biggest, strongest, longest way that people might want to follow you is because of who you are, how you live your life. And we defined integrity of character by having a conversation about the values by which you choose to govern yourself and those values by which you choose to relate to others. The point in that is that character, part of becoming an adult is that you begin to choose how you're going to live your life. So you're choosing these values around which the way that you wanna build your own personal reputation, your own personal brand, not even the way that other people view you, but the way you view yourself also. And then, we really define integrity there by how well you manage that gap between what you've chosen and how you're actually living it out. And if those values by how you govern yourself and relate to others resonate with other people, then they're drawn to you. They want to follow you because they there's something about who you are that inspires them. It's not just a logical commitment to follow, but there's emotion attached to it as well. Then we talked about how do you define integrity in expert leadership. And there we talked about, well, the, the whole reason that people would follow you as an expert leader is because you're giving them something. You're creating value for them in some way. So the way we would define integrity is the extent to which you can give and increase the value that you give to them. And in order to do that, it's what you know, what you're able to do. And in today's world, that means you have to keep growing that you can't maintain your expertise using what you learned 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. So a, a, a real expert leader who's really walking in integrity of expertise is constantly adding to their knowledge or their skill or their experience so that they can continue to give value to other people. And maybe they're even expanding on that expertise so that they can create more kinds of value for the people who will then follow them because of what they're getting. So that brings us to today. And today, um, we want to talk about the third dimension of leadership or the third dimension of influence. And that's where people follow you because of your title, 
or they follow you because of where you fit inside the organization. You've been given authority and responsibility. And so people follow you. I guess we could say they follow you because they have to. They're really following more the position than they are you because they're following you as a consequence of you being in that role. And um, we're given that role by somebody else. It's really not something that we create for ourselves. Somebody else designated us in that role. E even people who are entrepreneurs, they have to be acknowledged by the state. Obviously, it's not quite as strong as an endorsement as if a board of directors elected you to be the president of a company or your CEO asked you to be the senior vice president or something. But in every instance, it's always external endorsement that gives somebody a position. And people follow you really because they're following the position more than they're following the person. Now, if you have expertise and character also, they might be following you in more meaningful ways. But really, fundamentally, when we just boil it down to what is positional leadership about, they're following you because of the title you have, because of the responsibility or the authority that you've been given. So I'll, I'm going to throw a theory out, and, and I want to connect dots with our previous two conversations. But my theory is that once in a while, you will have a person be placed in a positional leadership role who doesn't have the character or the, the expertise leadership areas fully grown or um, fully developed. But that happens really rare. But when it does happen, it really captures a lot of attention. Yes. And, but, but let's talk about the importance, the congruence of the three areas working together, positional leadership, working along with character and expertise there it's required right i mean it's it's almost like a three-legged stool it is a yes you're correct however i'm going to beg to differ a little bit with you and say that i think often people end up being given positional leadership and they are lacking either character or expert leadership skills or maybe both and uh -huh. I'll, I'll go back to a book that was written in the 60s called the peter principle the basic idea of that book is that most people get promoted in organizations to their highest level of incompetence. And, and of course, that sounds like it's a joke, but let's think about it. In a larger organization, somebody comes in and they do a good job. They demonstrate their ability to get work done in whatever job they've been given, so we promote them. And if they do a good job in that next role, we promote them again. And we keep promoting them until they get promoted to a position that they're no longer performing at a very good level, at a very high level. And then they get stuck there. And this happens over and over and over again. What happened there? It's not really a failure of positional leadership there. It's that we didn't understand character and expertise with enough specificity, with enough detail and we promoted them into a position that was requiring skills or expertise or a kind of character that they didn't yet have, and they become ineffective. Now, in the book, it was called, they get promoted to their highest level of incompetence, but really we could define incompetence as they didn't have the expertise to do that position well, to fulfill the responsibilities of that position well, or they didn't have the character to bear the weight of this increased responsibility. So there's no question the positional leadership, when done well, also includes character and expertise. But unfortunately, because we haven't thought at this deeper level inside organizations, 
we often make decisions to put people into positions of authority and responsibility without understanding what we're doing to them and what we're doing to the people who are following them. I was just, it was my optimism speaking, I guess. I was hoping it was like bad news. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it really captures a lot of attention. And, and I hear what you're saying, um, especially when you have somebody who has achieved a level of positional leadership. It's just, it's glaring to everyone around them. That was, that was my point. It's, it's a glaring situation. Right. And, and Dale, we can just refer back to the complete leader book. You remember the subtitles, everything you need to become a high performing leader. And of course, that's a little bit in jest because leadership is so broad and complex. But the complete leader book is a book of 25 skills for somebody to develop expertise as a leader. So it's really a book about developing expert integrity as a part of your leadership journey so that when you get the position, you will be a better positional leader. So without a question, what you're saying that this is a three-legged stool, I agree with it. But part of the point that I'm making in differentiating between expert leader and positional leadership is that positional leadership brings with it authority and responsibilities. And therefore, there's another way of defining integrity. The integrity is how do I follow through? How do I carry those responsibilities? How do I execute that authority in a way that demonstrates integrity of positional leadership, which is in addition to integrity of expert leadership or integrity of character? And you've identified three areas where positional integrity is made up, three, three specific parts. Let's yeah, start to go through those. Thinking about it. Yeah, it's a framework, and I don't know if it's a perfect framework, but I think of when you have been given positional responsibility with responsibility and authority, that there are three things to think about. First, what are the rules of the position? Second, what are the results that are expected of the position? And third, what are the appropriate relationships for this position? So let's take these one at a time. Let's just start with rules. Every position. So a position means that you've been endorsed by others and you've been given authority and responsibility. Every position has some kind of rules around the authority and responsibility that you've given. So those rules may have been established by a higher authority like a government entity, or those rules may have come from a board of directors. They might come from the bylaws of the organization, or those rules might be found in the position description, or they might be found in the employee handbooks. But every position has a set of rules it's important for you to be aware of and for you to follow because the violation of any one of those rules can compromise your integrity as a positional leader and can cause you to lose that position that you have. And I will comment, Dale, that even though there are always some set of written rules somewhere in one of those documents that we've already referred to, oftentimes there are also unwritten rules. For instance, like unappropriate use of social media periodically we see executives who are using social media, especially Twitter, to make comments that bring them under a tremendous amount of criticism and sometimes begin to cause people to call for their removal from that position of leadership because they have violated a rule that was never written anywhere, but it has become an unwritten rule of their organization's culture. Being aware of the unwritten rules is important. So you said integrity is defined also by results. 
Yeah, so the first way we define it is what are the rules and are you following the rules? The second way is what are the results that this position is expected to generate? So one of the ways that we help positional leaders think about this is we ask them the question, what are the results that will reflect superior performance in this position? We like to keep them to somewhere three to five because if you have too many key results that you're aiming for, it really dilutes your focus and dilutes your efforts. So what are the three to five key results that will reflect superior performance in this position? In any case, whoever put you in that position, whoever endorsed you, whoever gave you that role of responsibilities and authority expects certain outcomes. They expect certain results. So if you don't achieve those results, if you fall below what they perceive as a bare minimum, you can lose that position and you get replaced. And that's considered a failure of positional integrity because you didn't work the way the position was asking you to work. So we walk people through an exercise of defining those. We talk about if we're not thinking about you in this position, we're just thinking about the position. If it's being performed at a superior level, what does it look like? What are the activities of a person in that position? What are the traits of that person? Are they a self-starter? Are they diplomatic? Are they a change agent? What are the traits of somebody in that position if it's going to produce uh, outstanding results? And then what are the skills that a person needs? What is the expertise that a person needs in this position? And ultimately, we get to what are the outcomes that you're going to be judged by? And are those reasonable and are, are they achievable and how are you going to go about doing that? So defining what those results are that reflect superior performance is a very important component of understanding what it means to walk in integrity in that position of influence or that position of leadership. So we're talking about rules, results, and you said the third item around this idea of expertise and integrity and positional leadership is relationships. Yeah, and you can tell, Dale, that I think that the way that we build more integrity is by thinking and acting at a deeper level. We don't just sort of go with the flow. We don't just go with what we learned growing up, but we think deeper as a leader about what it means to be a leader of integrity inside my position. So we've got rules and results. And the third one that I think is maybe even more important than the first two is what are the appropriate kinds of relationships for me to have because of the position that I have, because I have authority and responsibility for other people often, or in relationship to other people, even if it's not a subordinate, it might be a peer, it might be a superior, but I have a responsibility to build the right kind of relationships as a positional leader. So it could be hiring or firing or developing that person or making promotion choices or collaboration or supporting somebody else in their role, but there's a relationship that my position asks of me for everybody that that position touches in some way. So um, what is the nature of that relationship? If it's my superior, it's making sure that I'm loyal to them and that I'm understanding what represents success in their position and that I'm doing what I can to support that based on how my position defines my role in relationship to them. If it's a peer, it's how I work with them in a diplomatic, collaborative, creative way. If it's a subordinate, am I concerned about their success? Am I meeting with them regularly to understand what's working, what's not working, 
how I might be getting in the way and how I can continue to support them in their own career. Am I viewing them as a human being or am I just viewing them as a widget that's part of my organization? Am I viewing them as an asset versus a true human being? So these are all ways that we think about having the appropriate kind of relationship to the people around us. Of course, there are inappropriate ways also to relate to people. So now we have had this emergence of the Me Too movement because of leaders who oftentimes have been inappropriate in how they related to other people. And there can be other ways. Bullying is an example of being inappropriate in the way that I relate to other people because of my position. I think that this idea of pulling rank is the idea of saying, because I'm a positional leader, you have to follow me or you have to, I'm forcing you to follow me. Maybe not because I have the character or the expertise, but just because I have the title. I think that's, if we do that very often, it quickly crosses over into an inappropriate relationship based on our position of leadership. So these are all examples of the ways that we use our position to help others succeed, to find fulfillment, to make a difference, or we violate the integrity of our position for selfish interests or for things that will be harmful to those around us and that don't really fulfill the responsibilities and the authority that we've been given. Let's talk about positional, uh, let's talk about this aspect of leadership relationships in relation to that cliche, it's lonely at the top. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because I think there is some truth to that cliche, but I don't think it's the whole story. So in one way, for you to be um, congruent, for you to have integrity in all three dimensions of leadership, character, expertise, and position, it is a solitary practice. You have to take time reflecting and working on developing your character, growing your expertise, and understanding what it means to have integrity in your position. You have to take time to reflect on what am I doing well? What am I not doing so well? What could I do better? That, in that sense, it's very lonely. And sometimes you have to make very lonely decisions in any of those three dimensions. But especially as you go higher up an organization, it gets lonelier because there's only one CEO in most companies, in most organizations. But at the same time, you will not be successful as a leader if you see it as a solo activity. Because let's go back to what leadership fundamentally means at its root. It means being a person of influence. So if you have no followers, you're not a leader. So in that way, it's never a solo activity. And your followers are going to follow you because of your position and they have to. They're going to follow you because of your expertise and that you're providing value to them or they're going to follow you because of who you are and they want to be more like you. And hopefully the purpose of this whole conversation, Dale, is that we would develop a commitment and aspirations and a pathway to becoming more and more of an influencer or a leader in all three of these dimensions. Perfect segue to sum up our three-part conversation. These are three podcasts that are worth listening to over and over again, because I think you can just opportunities for growth in these three specific areas. But sum up the conversation about integrity and leadership. Well, to wrap it all up, it begins with a leader is a person of influence and people follow because there's some way that you're creating value for them. 
So there are three distinctly different kinds of leadership influence. Characters where people follow you because they resonate with the way that you live your life, who you are as a person, and they want to follow you because they want to be more like you. And this creates the deepest levels of commitment from your followers and the longest trajectory of their desire of following you. Expert leadership is the influence you have because of what you provide for people, a value that you give to them. And they'll follow you as long as you keep creating value for them. So that means you have to keep growing in it as an expert leader. And positional leadership is the leadership that you provide because of the authority and responsibility that you've been given and you use, you wield that, that responsibility and authority in a way that helps your organization and that helps those around you continue to grow. Each one of these has a different way that we can think about how we define integrity. With character, it's how we live our lives and the way that we govern ourselves and relate to other people. With expertise, it's how well we keep growing our expertise and adding more value to others. And with position, it's the way that we think about following the rules of the position, generating the results the position expects, and how we relate appropriately to other people because of the position that we're in. This is really a simple framework, but it's something that I'll spend the rest of my life working on developing my own leadership influence in these three dimensions so that I can become the best version of myself. And I've heard you say positional leadership is given to us and we are stewards of it. And I think that's an important approach as we wrap up this conversation. Yeah, one of the themes that we bring out in the book, Growing Influence, is don't spend too much time and energy chasing the position. You don't ignore it completely, but focus on developing your character and your expertise. And most of the time, the position comes to you if you've done that well. Absolutely. Ron Price, uh, co-author along with Stacey Ennis of the book, Growing Influence, a story of how to lead with character, expertise, and impact. You can find that book anywhere books are sold. It is a worthy read. Pick it up. And you can find more resources at price-associates-slash-growing-influence. Price-associates.com-slash-growing-influence is the website to find videos, um, some reader guides. Uh, if you want to get this book, uh, go through it with your coworkers, colleagues, friends. It's a great study. It's a story about a person, a lady finding an, a mentor and growing her influence through as a leader. So definitely recommend the read. Thank you so much, Ron Price. These have been fantastic conversations. I look forward to picking back up on the 25 competencies from the complete leader in our next edition of the complete leader podcast, everything you need to become a high performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.